Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1742. Today we're at the track with an award-winning broadcast reporter. Buckle up, it's going to be a fun ride. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today, I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina, with a very special guest by the name of Amanda Busick. Amanda, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Oh, I am locked and loaded, ready to go, Mark. All right, that sounds fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you? Oh, man. Uh, gosh, I guess maybe the first thing that that comes to mind is a lot of times when people see me on social media or or um, on some of the broadcasts, one of the quick things you can find out about me is, you know, just all the various places I've lived, whether it be New York City, Chicago, Los Angeles. But believe it or not, I'm just a, a farm girl from North <laughs> Carolina that uh, started on 150 acres of tobacco. And um, uh, some would categorize me as a city girl now, but I've never forgotten my roots. So you're a bit of a vagabond, sportscaster, city girl, <laughs> farmer girl, a little bit of everything. Vagabond's a great word. I always, uh, I describe myself as a gypsy spirit with a nomadic soul, so. <laughs> I like that. Very nice. All right. Well, let me give you a proper introduction and we'll dive into your life a little bit here. Amanda Music is an award-winning broadcast reporter for the NHRA on Fox Sports, a pit reporter for the FIA Formula E Championship on Fox, and a live event host and moderator for Discovery, Motor Trend, NFL on location, and many others. In her capacity with the NHRA, Amanda is the top end reporter during racing, as well as a co-host for Sunday Nitro Live, a pre-race show airing on FS1. Across digital platforms, Amanda is a host on NHRA's in-house content, also featured on FoxSports.com. We'll be back in just a minute to learn more about this vagabond we'll call Amanda, but first a word <laughs> from our valued sponsors. They make this show possible, so give them a listen, and we'll be right back. Did you know Covercraft offers you much more than car covers, floor mats, seat covers, and trunk liners? That's right. When you visit Covercraft.com, you'll find cologne custom bras, LeBra front end covers, and hood protectors that protect your vehicle's front end while you're on a road trip. No more rock chips or hours removing that nasty bug jerky from your grill and your paint. You'll find vehicle seat back organizers that keep everything in check, perfect for all the kids' things in the back seats, spidey gear webs that keep your cargo in your truck bed safely in place, seat heaters, cargo bars, pro nets, rooftop carriers, and pet travel barriers to keep Fido in the back seat. They even make tire covers. And don't forget their dash mat, dashboard covers that shield your vehicles from the sun's damaging UV rays and their sunscreens, my favorite. Their pet protection pads are easy to install, easy to remove, and washable. They protect your floors and seats from Fido's damaging claws, messy fur, and slobber. Everything at Covercraft is carefully engineered and quality made. I've used their interior protection on all my vehicles for many years. And I've got a really great deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off. That's right, 10% off. So just use the code YEAH21 at checkout at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. I found a new way to protect my vehicle. 
American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my orange crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collectibles of automobilia and automotive collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool automotive collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. American Collectors Insurance have been protecting us automotive enthusiasts since 1976. They provided me with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. And protect the ones you love. I did. American Collectors Insurance, classic car and collectible insurance designed by collectors for collectors, just like you and me. All right, Amanda, we're back. And as we continue on what I'm going to call your life's journey from farm girl to (laughs) pitch row reporter, I'd like to ask you for a success quote, a mantra, some kind of a meaningful thing that takes you through life. So let's get this tire smoking a little bit here on Cars Yeah and grab the wheel. Yeah, no, definitely. So I've had one that um, I came across um, my background in college. I was able to do uh, entrepreneurship. And and with that, I got to uh, work with the college engineering at NC State. And I had a professor who used the, the quote, chance favors the prepared mind. And that is a quote that I have uh, tried to build my career off of. Um, as you know, Mark, uh, a lot of this business is is about opportunity. And when that door opens, uh, you're either ready for it or you're not. And I'd rather at least give myself the chance of being ready for it than not. So to me, uh, chance favoring the prepared mind just means when that door opens, you better be ready to walk through it. It's a lot like luck. People say, oh, you're so lucky. You get to talk to all these people. And I say, well, luck is when preparation and opportunity cross paths. Very much like that quote you were just talking about. Now, when you're down in pit lane or you're you're interviewing people, and I interview people five days a week. You've talked to so many people. We talked about this in our pre-show chat. It's a bit like dancing and not maybe <laughs> always knowing the steps or the person you're talking to doesn't know what dance you're dancing. Yeah. So you've got to be prepared. So let me ask you this as a pro, because you're going to teach me some things today. What are some of the ways you prepare yourself before you go out there? Because we who are watching these shows that you're on, we just figure... Oh man, you just know this person forever. But some of these people you've never talked to before, right? Yeah. Well, I think you uh, at the, during the pre-show you told me I was guest uh, seventeen hundred and forty-two. So yeah. as you know, there is no luck to this. That is preparation, right? You've yeah. done your homework and uh, even your your background on me. And uh, the way that I look at it, the prep uh, is just to have the content and the ability to maybe draw out something that can relate to what's happening. Um, I use my prep to have maybe some stats in the bank or to have uh, a general idea of of what I need to kind of cover, but uh, I try to react in the moment. Uh, I think a lot of, especially in live entertainment, a lot of excitement is right there in front of you. So as long as you're just properly delivering that, to the viewer or to the audience, um, I like to kind of grab into that emotion and find a way as a vehicle to deliver that forward. 
But, you know, as you know, and I'm sure you've seen in your podcast, there are moments where you're like, well, where do I go with this? And I think that's where the prep helps when you can have when you can rescue your own self out of of what might be a dead space or, or an unknown. And the way I like to look at it, you know, a viewer doesn't know what they don't know. So while there might be that tinge of internal panic, it's a reminder that you know, you get to to maybe change direction or you can uh, bring in something that that's only going to add to the conversation, but the viewer doesn't know. Uh, so just staying kind of at ease and at peace in that moment is is how I try to do it. One of the best pieces of advice I got when I started this crazy idea of doing a podcast was don't try to be someone else, just be yourself because you have to add that complexity of trying to act like someone else on top of everything else you're doing. And it simply does not work well at all. So if you are who you are and you just continue to be true to yourself, your audience starts to love you. They start to know who you are, your, your flaws and foibles and all the different things that you do that might be goofy or nerdy or whatever it is. I know my kids love to pick on me whenever they listen to my shows about <laughs> about dork dad, but you just be who you want to be and be who you are. More important, or I should say you be who you are, not what you want to be. Let's talk about this career you've had. Take us back to kind of the beginning of what brought you into this and then bring us forward into what you're looking forward to this year. You know, I always say the rearview mirror is smaller than the windshield for a reason. What's ahead of us is more important. And I don't want to dwell on last year. Goodbye. Leave it down the track. So let's go to the beginning of what got you into this. And then what's happening this year with you? What are you looking forward to getting back out onto the track at events live and, and seeing people again? Yeah, oh man, that's the best part of it, right? Uh, I mean, being able to to share in this journey with your coworkers and the entertainers and the drivers and the athletes, uh, that's, that's the best part of the gig for me. Uh, the beginning was uh, kind of um, unexpected. Uh, I uh, originally had gone to college for entrepreneurship. Right after school, I was going to work for the state of North Carolina in raising money for their virtual education platform. Unfortunately, uh, I sat in the legislator and saw that uh, that job was no longer funded. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the real world right. at 21 years old, right? Yep. And um, just randomly, I got involved with a startup here doing content for web TV. And uh, one of those that we got to cover was the Jimmy V Golf Classic. And around that, we had a lot of entertainers that came into town to celebrate the life of Jim Balvano, someone like a Shaquille O'Neal or a Charles Barkley or Bobby Crimmon, a lot of old school coaches. And um, I was able to just kind of place myself to be able to interview them and Sometimes I look back and I'm like, how? I I don't know. It's that energy that you have in your early 20s where no one can tell you no, I guess. I don't know what it is, but I turned that into a real, uh, I moved to New York City. I started working at um, a restaurant at night uh, to afford living there. And then through one of the patrons that I waited on, I was able to grab a, uh, an internship with a sports broadcaster And that's kind of how it all kicked off. It took about uh, two and a half years from that moment to convince someone to hire me as a production assistant in Chicago. Uh, Moved there and worked in college sports for about three, four years. And then uh, a short stint in Boston led me to Los Angeles to kick off the last six years with the National Hot Rod Association and Fox Sports. Well, that's what we always say is this uh, iceberg of people's careers. You don't see everything under the water. You just see the stardom at the top of the water where the sun is shining, but all those days of working hard and building up to it. So looking at this year, 
we, we're still in this pandemic mode here and we're still kind of all locked down here and waiting for things to change. Let's say things are going to change for the positive of what we're looking for. Sure. That's the only way to look at it. What's on your docket this year? Where do you think you're going to be going? You must travel a lot, a lot of frequent flyer miles banked. <laughs> You know, I'm pretty optimistic, uh, you know, in a weird way. And I know last year was a was a challenge. It was certainly a challenge um, for me and, and for I know my coworkers in the industry on a whole. You know, a lot of us are that freelance production worker. So uh, for us, it is by event. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I try to use that challenge as a way to also it was the first time in 10 years that I'm not on the road 200 days a year. I'm not you know, away from my family for holidays or away, not sleeping in my own bed. So I tried to use it as a way to kind of sit in my space and collect myself. And uh, I think I did so many odd hobbies this this past year, whether it was (laughs) playing the guitar, painting furniture, redecorating my house, painting wall, like it's just just everything, right? Just to, to save off the boredom. But, uh, no, I'm very optimistic about this year. I, I, Actually, this week, I kind of put together what my calendar looks like, potentially. Um, I'm sure there are some expectations that things might push or change. But uh, if things go the way that they look, I could be on the road 33 weeks this year. Wow. That's just the start. Um, So uh, if if those get to happen, it would be um, the NHRA season plus um, a couple of fun things that I'm I'm working on with uh, Ralph Shaheen and Speed Sport. Uh, and then, uh, there could be uh, another series that's added in, t- in there, uh, that would go from March to October. So if, um, everything comes together, it's going to be one of my busiest years yet, uh, which is kind of crazy to think about coming off of 2020, but we just get to work with so many incredible people that, that they become your family. So for me, I, I can just imagine walking into Gainesville in March and, and seeing my what I call my family uh, that I haven't seen since our race last race in October. Yeah. Um, and those are the things that, that you really look forward to. I, I, I like kicking off years and, and seeing people that I haven't seen in two months and, and um, knowing that uh, we're in it together. I think this pandemic did more for home improvement than anything ever <laughs> could. Uh, yeah, the home improvement market. Uh, I've talked to people on the show that do uh, interior design work that had the busiest year ever. I mean, everybody's staying home, so they're redoing their home where they, they may be for a while. In the case of many people, that may be where they work in perpetuity, uh, which isn't so bad. I've worked from home now for six and a half, well, almost actually, gosh, has it been eight years, but six and a half years doing this podcast. And I love not having to commute. You think of all that time moving and, you know, being in airports and planes and all that, what I call wasted time. Now we can use it with these devices. You can listen to the Cars Yeah podcast anywhere you go. But uh, at the same <laughs> at the same time, it's not the same. Well, I always like to ask what I call a, a challenge question. This is a point in your life where you faced a big challenge, even a big failure. And it's really more about how you handled it, how you overcame it, and how you turned it into a great learning experience. So walk us through one of those and uh, tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum in your career and your business and your life? Yeah, no, I think the one that immediately comes to mind back at the end of 2014, 
I was working uh, on a digital platform and I had been able to get an interview with Larry Brown. Uh, at the time, he was with uh, SMU and he had a lot of thoughts on kids playing for money um, as well as student athletes being able to go out of the country to play as well. Um, I hit him straight on the question and he gave a pretty uh, in-depth, um, controversial answer that was uh, attacking the NCAA. Mm. So you can imagine that went pretty viral. At that point, I started having agents call and wanted to know who I was represented by or things like that. So there was a lot of momentum um, around what, you know, a young, young, young career that I was trying to start kind of in parallel with that. Um, my family had kind of uh, suffered a, a big financial collapse where I kind of became the primary uh, caretaker for for my mom. Mm -hmm. And, um, with that, uh, there was no other answer than to leave what I was doing and find a way to keep us afloat. So, uh, I, uh, I'll never forget being at the final four in Indianapolis in 2015, knowing that I was leaving that event, uh, to go sell meat in Boston as a oh. salesperson. Oh gosh. So, wow. yeah. And I, I remember just seeing my friends and, you know, people that I had been able to work with over the last three or four seasons. And I, you know, truthfully, I had accepted my fate. Uh, this business is a lot about timing. Uh, it's a lot about um, the people that are championing for you and, and who you know, and, and all of those chance meeting the prepared mind, right? So mm -hmm. I moved to Boston, my mom and I were there. And I just didn't think that I was still at a point in my career where I still needed that probably entry level reporter job. And there was just no way that I was going to be able to take one of those roles while also supporting another person aside from myself. And then as, uh, as we, we won't use the L word, we won't use luck. Um, <laughs> yes. as preparation would happen, um, I had one of my mentors call me about six months into that journey and asked what I was up to and said that I was, um, selling meat in Boston. And it was like, what? You're doing what? <laughs> doing what? And the answer was, no, no, that's not how we're going out. And just through that, I was able to find out about the opportunity of the National Hot Rod Association and its properties transitioning from ESPN to Fox Sports. Uh, there was no one that was going to hold me back from that. So um, I booked uh, I booked myself down to a, a race um, showed up in Dallas in 2015 at the national event and uh, went to work and, and tried to show how uh, my loyalty and my allegiance to wanting to be a part of this crew. And in December of 2015, at their awards banquet, the NHRA hired me and I moved to California in January. So let's dissect this a little bit of what enabled this to occur. We talk about preparation, opportunity, crossing paths is the same thing as what others call luck. When you think about that, what are some key points that caused that transition? One I heard was you had made contacts. I'm assuming you had stayed in touch with people, even though oh, you yeah. were selling meat oh, yeah. in Boston. It sounds like a mob <laughs> job or something like that. I'm selling <laughs> meat in Boston. You know what? I never asked questions of my clients. Never yeah. asked. <laughs> never asked. Yeah, exactly. So was that one of them? But are there a couple other things that it, when you find your journey being diverted down another road, but you know you want to come back somehow, 
what are some other key things you would advise somebody to do when when you have to take on, you know, you got to help your mom. I mean, who's going to not do that? So you got to do that. But at the same time, you got to be thinking about, okay, what are some things I can can do? So maybe just touch on a couple of those. Well, actually, I think uh, I, I, I truly mean I thought it was over. Uh, and the meat sales, I mean, it was a fun gig. I, you know, I, I, I did really well at it. I enjoy connecting with people. And um, honestly, I would go on these account calls and we would talk college sports or we would talk <laughs> um, what was happening in the landscape. Very rarely would. I mean, you would do the meat side of it, but yeah. most of it was just connecting with someone, building rapport and, and right. getting to know someone and, and what they like, what their families are, you know, and, to me, I'm in the business of people as it is. So I've always enjoyed meeting people and, and understanding who they are, what makes them tick. And the relationship side of it for me is why I'm sitting where I am now. Um, one of my mentors is someone that I waited on uh, when I worked at Del Frisco's in New York City. <laughs> wow. And just being able to continually follow up and have followed my career from the very beginning. And that's really kind of what it comes down to is someone believing in you. And for what's so important for me is when someone takes that trust in me, I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that their word is good. You know, if someone's putting their neck out for you, you know, I can't fail because that's a reflection on their recommendation. So I've always taken those relationships very serious, but um, I know you are also a fan of handwritten thank you cards. Uh, Even early in my career, I can tell you there are are probably people across the college sports space that can tell you about the the thank you cards that that they received from me. Uh, We were such a small property surrounded by the ESPNs, the bleacher reports. And if someone gave me a favor or solid, that's the first thing I did. And, uh, you know, the way I've always looked at it is while someone can receive an email, a handwritten thank you card, they're going to look at it. They're going to put it on their desk. They're going to look at it again before ultimately it's going to go in the trash can, but there's at least interactions with it. Right. And um, I think the sincerity of, of, of gratitude to someone um, offering you help in your agenda, uh, I, I think that goes a long way. And, you know, as with you, it, it comes from a genuine place. So it's, um, you know, it's important to take care of the people that take care of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I thank my mom uh, every day for that discipline of handwritten thank you notes. She used to make us write our thank you notes on Christmas Day before we could play with our toys. Uh, and, you know, well, you know, but it was a it was a lesson, and it sure. stuck with me. And I do that all the time. And it's wonderful when I just yesterday, uh, David Saggio, uh, past guest here, wonderful photographer. Uh, I had mentioned my dad and his MGTC got me into cars, and he sent me this. In fact, we're on Skype, so I'll show it to you. It's beautiful. Oh, see, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's awesome. Beautiful print of a MGTC. So just, I mean, little gestures like that. You don't forget people. They they stay in your mind. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. Let's take a short break and thank our sponsors. We come back, I want to talk about your journey as a car gal, because I know you love vehicles. So uh, sit tight. <laughs> Keep the seatbelt on. We're with Amanda Music today uh, at the track having fun. We're going to get to the track and have some fun. So sit tight. Did you know that less than 3% of all automotive technicians in the United States are women? You may not be surprised, but you should be concerned because our country is facing a massive technician shortage right now. Skilled, qualified techs are in high demand, and we need young women and men to consider these careers as a viable path to a fulfilling life. I've interviewed hundreds of women in the automotive sector here on Cars Yeah! 
And I know that women make great techs. That's why I support the nonprofit Tech Force Foundation and its Women Techs Rock Initiative to ensure women see themselves in the profession, the industry, and the workforce. Learn more at techforce.org today. GS Events was founded by Cindy Sisson and Teresa Gilpatrick. Together, they create strategic alliances, curated events, and business development connecting automotive brands to discerning audiences. Their flagship offering, Women Shifting Gears, amplifies women's voices and participation in the automotive culture. Through strategically developed events, they create innovative concepts and collaborations that create remarkable professional and personal experiences you won't find anywhere else. GS Events' immersive, inclusive opportunities create networking, skill building, and unforgettable experiences. Whether you enjoy rallies, concours, auctions, restoration, the business side of collective cars, or you always have yearned to expand your skills to drive vehicles to its fullest potential, GS Events has automotive events and experiences designed just for you. And by the way, both Cindy and Teresa are past guests here on Cars Yeah, so give them a listen. You can find gsevents.live on their website today. All right, Amanda, uh, share with me a pivotal moment in your life when you knew that you were going to be a bit of a car gal. Oh, yeah. Oh, I would say uh, the day I turned 16. Uh, <laughs> to me, it. it was freedom, right? I was, the, I was the person that got their learner's permit exactly on time. And on my birthday, November 7th, I guess it would have been 2003, <laughs> but I was at the DMV that morning and drove myself to high school uh, later that day. But yeah, no, I've always uh, been interested in, in vehicles and, and having the, the freedom that comes with it and the experience of just, um, even I, I'm that person that you'll see just sitting in their car. <laughs> <laughs> having some good music on like I, that is that is my decompression I love taking road trips and yeah it, it's amazing that I get to work in a career that um, is, is so singularly related to to automobiles right sometimes I, I just wonder how I got to this place uh, you look at the motorsports industry and um, it's a very um, familiar atmosphere right there's a lot of similar last names there's a lot of backgrounds there's a lot of uh, families that have have benchmarked uh, the industry. Uh, so to be able to play around in it as someone that doesn't have a background in it, um, I consider myself, I will use the word lucky. I do, <laughs> fortunate, I do say fortunate, that on Fortunate, list, fortune, great fortune. fortune. Yeah, fortunate. absolutely. What about a very special vehicle in your life? Is there one? Has there been one? Will there be one? And maybe share a memory or, or dream about that ride. Well, I would say that probably the most special vehicle is one that I, I did not have an experience with myself personally. Uh, my father passed away when I was three years old, so oh my I gosh. found myself always trying to find things that interest him and uh, were part of his life. And from what I understand about my dad, and granted, I was, I was three, so I get to, to build whatever character in my mind that I want, sure. but uh, he was a larger-than-life uh, individual that planes, motorcycles, cars, that was, that was all his gig. So, uh, there's a story that, uh, I was told about my dad at, at the time he had a, a 72 Corvette that he had taken to his friend who was working at the local Chevrolet dealership in Greensboro at the time. And his car was slower than his friend's. 
So he ended up tracking down a 68 uh, Corvette that he ended up building an L88 motor in his kitchen. Uh, <laughs> in that, his kitchen. <laughs> uh, Greg had told me that, uh, that that car easily pulled about 750 horsepower. So I, I like to think that, uh, that my dad would be um, just beside himself at, at what I get to do now. But uh, yeah, every time I see one on the road or come across one at an auction, uh, my first thought is my dad. So uh one day, one day, Mark. Absolutely. Here's a very introspective question for you, Amanda. I'm, I'm guessing no one's ever asked you this. If you woke up tomorrow and you were manifest as a vehicle, this isn't what you want to be. <laughs> it's how you perceive your attributes as a human in a vehicle of some kind. What would Amanda Busick be? But the more important part of this question is why? Oh, man, I think I would be uh, a convertible Mini Cooper. Oh, I like I like that. Okay. <laughs> That's fun. Just the top down, free spirited. Um, I, I, I'd like to think that my horn would be something like beep, beep. I don't know. I just have this um, <laughs> this get up and go attitude. Uh, sometimes I think it disgusts my coworkers. I, I I'm the person that's happy in the morning. Um, <laughs> I, I find a lot of value in being, um, you know, un- inevitably things go wrong in television, and it's easy to get into the mentality of like you know, it, it can easily go south. Right. And I try to find myself in that cheerleader role of we got this, you know, we're going to get through it. Um, and, and, uh, I, I, I know it annoys some of my coworkers, but sometimes it's covering your own sadness or your own, um, fears or frustrations in a way of, of making sure the group as a whole, all is happy. So yeah, I would go with a, a convertible mini Cooper. Uh, I like that. We've had two Mini Coopers in our family. My daughter's car, she still drives one. And her first one, the license plate we got for her was fun-sized. F-U-N-S-Y-Z-D. Yeah, she's very petite, uh, beautiful woman. And uh, yeah, she's got that spirit in her as well. So I like that. A Mini Cooper and a convertible to boot. All right. This is the last lap. You've been on many tracks. You know what that means. The race is about to come to an end, but we got to speed things up a little bit here. So I'm going to ask you some very quick questions, get some quick answers. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes in your life and your career? I would say lately, definitely meditation. Uh, I think that's changed kind of my entire approach to my, um, yeah, I think a lot of times in this career, there's a habit to be anxious, right? There's what's next, what's coming. And I think to, to be grateful for where I'm at, uh, I think that's changed my entire perspective on, on professionally and personally in my life. So I have to ask you this with meditation. I have tried that. I can't seem to figure it out. Perhaps my patience is not working for me, but against me. Yeah. How did you get into it so that it worked for you? I would have said the same thing about myself. And actually, when I uh, have heard about meditation over the years, I thought it was silly. Like, how how do you get your mind to stop? As someone that's completely type A, my mind's not stopping, right? Right. right. Um, and then through meditation, you learn that it's not about thoughts stopping, it's about not allowing the thought to take hold um, or, or just recognizing the thought, almost like you're sitting on a bench watching traffic and there's a semi-truck of thought. There's a, um, a station wagon of thought, just letting it pass um, and just recognizing your mind as this interstate of thought that you can just be a, a viewer to. Uh, I would say what I would recommend, um, I do guided meditation. Uh, the app I use is, um, uh, why can't I think of it right now? It alerts, Headspace. 
Headspace is the app yeah. I use. And um, what I have found is if you associate it with an action, my morning routine is I'll um, make coffee and then I'll reward myself with the coffee. And the only thing that I'll ask of you, Mark, is okay. if you start this journey, commit to it for 30 days. Then after that, you have the tools to understand. Let's say if you miss a, a day or so, after 30 days, you kind of recognize the value and the importance of, of meditation within your mind and how your life, you can you don't have to react to it. You can respond to it. Mm. And there's such a different approach to that. So commit to it for 30 days. Uh, and it'll it'll be about that third week, mid third week, where you're like, huh, this is interesting. So yeah, no, it's completely changed my life. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you. I'll give that a try. Yeah. Like anything, they say it takes usually. Uh, well, our mutual friend Cindy Sisson tells me, having worked in sports, it typically takes about. I think she's. Let me get this wrong, Cindy. Sorry, fourteen days maybe for a habit to become a part sure. of your life. It's the same with trying to lose weight or uh, exercise or anything. You've got to make it a part of your life and then it becomes a part of your life and then you miss it when you don't have it as a part of your life. It's the aha moment that you get in meditation. That It's about that third week. All right, I'll give it a shot. If you could have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or someone who's passed, who would it be? Oh man, it's always uh, Don Perdome for me. Uh, I feel like every drink that I get to share with the snake is is just some sort of in-depth conversation from his career that I like the old stories. Sometimes I get jealous and feel like I missed out on, on the, the best years of, of I don't want to say of just the sport of drag racing, but just the culture, right? Just the, the love of cars that was back then and, and how these guys just went from city to city to city with just a trailer like hitched to their car. You know, now it's mega teams and mega this and mega that. I, I like the old bootstrapping of, of what these guys must have gone through to, to, to set up a career. And with that comes just the craziest and, and, and unreal stories. So uh, Don Perdome, I'm going to sit down with and have a drink. Well, yeah, I've been trying to get him on this show. I'm still working on it. Uh, there's a new book out about him sure. uh, that Alana Shera, past guest here, wrote, yes. which is great. I remember building the snake uh, funny cars and dragsters when I was a oh, kid. Yeah. So I'll, I'm going to get him one of these days. I think he'd be a great discussion. Now, how about automotive advice someone else offered to you that you found very useful? What would that be? Wow, I would say that would probably go back to uh, my first producer. Luckily for me, the producer that I had in my ear for my first year on live television was also a female. Uh, Kimberly Booth Higgs was was my producer, and you know she had always challenged me early on. She she was a type of producer that she saw your gift, but also wanted to expand on your gift. And I'm someone that that loves being produced. I want to know where I can get better or where um, I can improve. And, and she was all over that. And I, I welcomed that criticism as a way to be able to um, fail forward in a way. But she told me, you know, as a female in motorsports, there's this expectation that we don't know what we're talking about. Uh, so the preparation that, you know, we go through, it's always to be prepared for that moment and having the credibility with the driver, with the fan. Uh, so she was she was uh, always very um, supportive of, of making sure that our prep was done, as well as pushing the limits on where your talent could go. Sounds like a great leader for sure. How about resources? I'm going to list under your, on your show notes page on the Cars yeah website, the Headspace app for meditation, because I'm going to give that a try. But is sure. there another great resource to go to for you? 
Oh yeah, I mean my mom. Can we list her? Of Can course. I list her on mom, my page? <laughs> most definitely. Hey, you go, mom. <laughs> my mom gets like four. My mom gets four calls a day from me easily. <laughs> oh, it's great you have that that relationship. Oh man, totally. Uh, you know she uh, as as you get older, especially. I mean my my mom's my best friend, uh, so I entrust her with everything, and she's the person that's going to give you the the accurate answer, no matter what, whether you want to hear it or not. So, uh, you can list my mom on my page for sure, but no, I am so blessed with just a great, um, circle of people around me. I have calls with my now producer shooter a couple days a week. My mentor, I talk to two to three days a week. I'm always searching for perspective and balance. And if, if someone can, you know, tell me where I can improve, especially the people that you trust the most, uh, I welcome that feedback. Uh, so no, I'm, I'm very, very lucky with just a, a strong core of people that I feel have my back. Very cool. What's your mom's name? Donna. Donna. Hello, Donna. Thanks for being such a great <laughs> mom to the great Amanda Music. How about a book? Is there a great book that you've read you'd like to share? I did a podcast with a guy that interviews uh, people that travel a lot for their job. Uh-huh. And uh, some he's had some just crazy guests, like people that are deep divers or people that have climbed Mount Everest multiple times. And uh, he had a book that he recommended to me early during COVID. Uh, it was The Nightingale. Uh, and I, uh, I typically read uh, nonfiction. I'm not necessarily on the fiction side. But I just loved the journey that uh, these two women took. They were sisters, but it was during uh, World War II and preoccupied France. Um, but just I could see my personality in one of them, some of my friends in the other one. But no, I really enjoyed it. I've, I've recommended that uh, book to everyone. I think um, as someone that, that enjoys nonfiction, I don't know if, uh, if it was because of what we were going through during 2020, but just to allow my imagination to go in the fiction space. And now it was rooted in historical context, but um, yeah, the Nightingale, I'll throw that one out. The author's uh, Kristen Hanna, a woman, I believe. Yeah. 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 Cool. Awesome book. You'll find all these resources on Amanda's show notes page on the Cars Yeah <laughs> website. So check them out. Got quick links to that book, by the way. Get your hands on it. Read it. Good book. All right. We're up to the checkered flag here. And this last question could be a bit of a doozy, but it's a fun thought. I'm going to buy you a collector vehicle today, Amanda. Anything you'd like in the world, I'm going to park it in your garage. couple rules to this game. You can't just sell it right away and buy a bunch of other toys. So as I say, if you pick something expensive, you're stuck with it. Wouldn't be a bad thing. But I want it to be something that ticks all the boxes, something that you drive and enjoy. What can I buy you? Oh, it's the it's the sixty-eight Corvette. <laughs> okay, there you go. Now wait a minute. I thought you said seventy-two earlier in our time. That was the first one. That was oh, the first one. A, so, it was too slow. Oh, too slow. <laughs> yeah, he okay. wasn't happy with it. All right. Sixty-eight Corvette. What color do you want that in? Uh it was blue. It was electric blue. Bl- electric? Okay. All right. That shouldn't be too hard. Is that gonna be a convertible? Totally. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Good. I'll get to work. That shouldn't be too hard to find with all the connections I have out there and auctions coming back online and everything. So we'll have some fun searching for that 68 Corvette. You're going to look oh so good with your hair blown in the wind uh, in that vet with the top down. Cool. You have taken me on a fun ride today, Amanda. I really appreciated you spending some time with me today. I want to thank you for sharing your amazing life. Before I let you go, though, before you drive off into the sunset in that beautiful 68 Corvette, could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance as we're into this new year? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, and I try to share this with 
up and comers that I mentor that um, are you know, just kind of scratching the surface of, of what they're capable of. And I think it'll be great advice for 2021. And, and I'm sure people will be ready for it too, but just say yes. You know, there's so many opportunities that present themselves that you never know where they're going to lead. And I think back early into my career, uh, I mean, I've been a runner on a television show and a TV truck. I've taken out the trash. I've uh, sat in positions uh, on headset to help out with talent. Uh, I think if you just say yes, you have no idea what doors will open and then you diversify uh, your skill set. And in the meantime, you're gaining valuable skills of being around people that have been in the industry way longer than you have. Uh, so my recommendation for 2021, as we all try to put 2020 in the rear view mirror and we're looking out the windshield, say yes. I think it's a great idea. Uh, Sir Richard Branson, of course, the uh, very uh, incredible business person that he is. That's one of his sayings as well is just say yes and then figure it out later how to do it. Uh, Yeah. yeah, And that's definitely what's taken him through an amazing life. So as Amanda says in 2021, just say yes. Give it a shot. Even if you fail, make sure when you fail, you fall forward because you're a little bit further ahead when you get back up. So what are the many ways people can keep up with you, follow you, learn more about you? Yeah, sure. Uh, on social media, it's at Amanda Busick. Uh, that's Twitter and Instagram uh, and Facebook. I try to uh, vary the content that I share on each so it's not just a universal uh, share. And then um, this year will be uh, the NHRA on Fox. We kick off our sixth season uh, with the property. So that's really exciting to have such a wonderful television partner. Uh, and then through uh, Speed Sport, we're going to have some fun uh, pre-shows from different motorsports events throughout the year, and that'll be on MAV TV. So uh, follow along. It could be, uh, like I said, 33 weeks on the road. It could be <laughs> a, a crazy adventure this year, but but I'm ready for it and up for it. Dust off your suitcase. Listeners, you can find everything again on Amanda's show notes page on the Cars yeah website. I want to do a quick shout out to a couple past guests here and friends, Lee Craft and Cindy Sisson, who I call the super connector, who uh, said, you know what? You got to have Amanda on Cars. Yeah, come on. Uh, she's going to be great. And they were right. Absolutely. Amanda, hey, thanks for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your life with all of my listeners. Now they're your listeners. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Marcus. Truly an honor. Oh, thank you. Did you know that Cars Yeah! is in the top 1% of all podcasts based on listenership, according to Libsyn, the premier RSS feed for podcasts in the United States? That's right. And Cars Yeah! is the only five-day-a-week automotive-focused podcast for you to get your message into the ears of thousands of listeners daily from all over the world. Plus, DuPont Registry recommended Cars Yeah! is one of their top 10 car podcasts for you to enjoy. Cars Yeah! has experienced tremendous growth, plus your ads are evergreen, meaning they never go away. And more and more listeners find Cars Yeah! every day for their daily dose of automotive inspiration. Do you want to expose your brand to a highly targeted list of automotive enthusiasts in a very unique and very personal way? Well, I can help you. Contact me, Mark Green, at mark at carsyeah.com or through the website at carsyeah.com today to learn more. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!